Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. As unbelievable as it sounds, this is another Arsenal podcast that is the Away Gunners podcast. We bring news and reaction from Arsenal fans from all over the world. This is another episode of the Away Gunners podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please do like, subscribe and share it with all your other Arsenal fans. On this episode, me, Arun, Bob and Deepak get together to discuss the post-mortem of the loss against Chelsea at the Emirates Stadiums. We talk about the formation, strategy and players along with a lot of scrutiny on the manager, Mikel Arteta and his position at the club. We also talk about the fan reaction that has erupted following the back-to-back defeats. Do check out. Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode of the Away Gunners podcast. Uh, I know this is this is something that we have been uh, <laughs> we have been avoiding to talk about uh, the review game uh, review of the Chelsea game that we had recently. Um, so let's start with with something very uh, very simple, right? Like, uh, what are your guys' reaction? Because for, for let me start it this way, right? We have not traditionally uh, won against Chelsea. It's not something, it's not a fixture that we have always won against them, even when we were finishing in top four. And right now, Chelsea is at the top of their game, which means they are the champions of Champions League, right? Does this compartmentalization come into your view of looking at the game? Or are you still thinking like, no, we should be able to, you know, do something about this game? I'll start with Arun. Arun. Uh, no, if you want me to compartmentalize and talk, you make my job really, really easy. <laughs> uh, if, I, if I were to like talk about it as a Chelsea was a last one game, as a champions of Europe against a team that is uh, struggling, yeah, it, it 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 made it look like a game of boys versus men. You know, that we were basically like schooled by Chelsea. Uh, they and 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 it was a sort of case where like they basically stopped playing after a point, and even then we couldn't do anything. You know. So uh, uh, maybe we could have, maybe we could have shown something on the pitch that would give some hope to the fans for the upcoming games. But I do not know if we could have done anything in there that would, like you know, make a make the result favorable. We could have made the result favorable for us. Uh, Chelsea never gave us any opportunity, and that that like showed how good they were, how tight they were, you know. So yeah, for me, boys versus men. Okay, so Deepak. Uh, school boys versus men, yeah. <laughs> school. I mean, literally, that is the truth, right? I mean, we had a squad that is literally school boys. We, uh, all our, all our, uh, what, what do you call it? All our experienced players are already uh, injured or not available. Like Aubameyang, Lacazette, Partey. Those are the experienced members in the squad, not, let alone the first 11 or whether they are playing, whether they're playing good or whatever. But they are the experienced members, age-wise, in the squad. And we had nothing, none of them. I, apart from Shaka and uh, Leno, there was no experience on the pitch, on the squad. Uh, does that somehow influence the way you are looking at the game, Deepak? Or you are not, you're not considering no. that? No. We had, like, literally, like, I think uh, there were, like, just two changes to the team which beat Chelsea last season 3-1. And it was the same team. 
the only difference is like chelsea has a different manager, manager. and we have the same manager <laughs> and we and, haven't like and moved. lukaku you are missing right yeah, lukaku whatever even if lukaku wasn't playing we would have lost <laughs> the thing is like chelsea has moved forward and we have like stuck there or we, we have like even fallen behind from where we were like last season that's the bitter truth i would say so i don't i, I told you i was confident enough like <laughs> that we would win at least 1-0 or 1-1 given the form like we, we were against chelsea for the past what two seasons uh-huh. yeah. so historically we are bad leave leave it but for the past two seasons we have been playing well against them but uh, i was confident enough but uh, we tried for the first 10 minutes and once uh, uh, mari got bullied by luka kulitri uh, like uh, we went like uh, what is that that uh, donut of side passing the donut like, of sadness the donut of sadness of donut passing that kicked in and the chelsea uh, like arun said chelsea didn't do anything in the second half like they literally gave the ball to us and they said do something and we couldn't do anything and the one attack they did they could have scored the third goal if if it wasn't for leno's brilliant save so i don't know where we are going from here but let's see <laughs> <laughs> so 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 that is from the results point of view bob but but there was something more significant that happened right like having the having the fans back in the back in the stadium i mean we had it at the last game of the last season but this is like truly back to put it into a perspective especially for me right i went back to the pub that i usually watch the game uh, with other fans that is something very unique after so long and it felt like football is actually back as a as a fan who has been back to the i mean who has been to the stadium right so what does this mean like how how is this going to impact or is it not that much of a factor as we are talking about i mean um forget about the result which happened on the pitch you know at least from what we saw um on tv um the fans didn't really let the team down that's probably one thing that i noticed the fans were continuously cheering and they were really up for it even though it was actually pouring down in the second half they were trying to you know cheer the team up to at least do something on the pitch but sadly that wasn't happening i mean that wasn't happening as we all saw it so um yes the fans coming back was a real positive and for a change yes the, the fans were very positive and they were they were really behind the team right from the word go um i mean irrespective of what the result was you know there were actually some um booze around in some sections of the crowd um yeah i think the- i think even arteta touched on it right like uh, uh fair enough right i think i think um, it was not just about the result you know if you had played a very uh, thrilling game and then had you lost something then then i don't think those booze would have come on that day um but but at least that you know there wasn't any intent as what the guys have actually spoken about which which was um, prevalent as we saw um, quite reflective in the crowd's mood as well towards the end of the game but but like bob you mentioned right there were booze in the middle of the game that is during the half time and during the end time and uh, when when this was asked to arteta uh, i'm just trying to read what he said right he was uh, he was mentioning about it and he was going on about like yes obviously we we 
this this was something that that was bound to happen it shows that it's the results are a displeasure to the to the crowd to the arsenal fan so all these words that arteta says are are really like painting him as a you know very sane person very sane manager but let 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 me let me just uh, pivot a little bit about about the game in general the strategy like all of you were expecting a back three and except me i think i was the only one who was thinking like oh no we are still going to pay back four but all you three said that it's going to be a back three and chelsea came in and it looked like back three would have worked especially if if we look back at the game that looks like a strategy that would have worked but arteta stuck to being back four and uh, so there is a bit of a uh, you know disconnect between what he's he's projecting as a person to what the what he's showing to us on the pitch do you feel that disconnect or is this just me who is seeing it arteta has been quite a good orator when it comes to talking to the media <laughs> and then he doesn't give much away even if when the team has been in shambles um i mean we've seen wenger doing that that that's a great trade in itself <laughs> No, we can call him interview merchant for all you want, but like in a situation like this, it's backfiring because the fans are already pissed. But imagine a situation where things are like you know not this bad. Then whatever he's saying would actually be music to our ears as fans. If you think about it. Yeah, that's true. That's how we started, right? So yeah. Sorry, Bob. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. All good. So I was just going to say that you know I think um, the what you say is absolutely right. You know maybe he's got a very good vision, but it's not getting translated into the pitch in terms of uh, in terms of the results or even the style of play that we are actually showing during the game. I I sometimes feel confused in terms of you know if you look at a player like say Tierney for example, I get confused in terms of what his position is or what do you expect him to do. and and if you look at both the goals you know you, you can clearly show there was there was not any cover for tni or even osaka was in tracking back um yeah and and to be honest you know i was quite confused in terms of what was the intent of for both those players or what's being told to them um i noticed that something had got changed in the second half for better or maybe the fact that you know chelsea stopped playing and then chelsea knew the fact that nothing is going to happen out of this opponents that they were playing against so they really didn't you know probably turn up or they just saved themselves for the next game to come that, that was probably what i felt um, but there wasn't any clear um, you know pattern of play or that anything that you could see to see um, that arteta was trying to do this but it's not working out due to the personnel not available um, it, like what the guys summed up you know it was just boys against men you know the it was not about the player profile or you know what he can do it's just not the intent i don't think they are technically ready enough to actually face such an opposition beat any opposition hmm. so so let let me ask this question deepak like let me put it this way right uh, is this a plan failure or a player failure so both the goals the game right because uh, arteta during his post match interview said that we are missing eight to nine players and so uh, it seems like he is pro- projecting it as a player failure as in like unavailability or whatever right uh, that's how it is being projected where whereas the fans are saying that we are not able to see a set of play we are not able to you know see something so i, I am actually caught in between both because i can see both sides of it that it is it is a part of plan failure like 
if you ask me if all those players come back what are we going to do right i don't know the answer yet but we again we want to do the same thing i would say yeah, i would but, say we will pass to tierney tierney will cross and we will like will there will be no players in the box for that cross basically that is what is happening right now even if abumayang is there one day thing pate would have made a difference but the person who played in place of pate lokanga was our best player so you cannot give that excuse as well we missed pate he was like really good but the thing is uh, uh, arteta is like, like is so stubborn right now like you you can clearly see they are tar- uh, targeting tierney what you should do is like ask saka to track back or put someone or change something in game his in game tactics is like the worst in the league i would say right now he doesn't change anything he just sticks to his starting 11 and his plan if it doesn't work you you are supposed to change it every single time james got the ball he he beat either tierney and he crossed the ball and he scored so you think what is the manager really doing in the sideline is he doing something to stop the flow of that attack or not but unfortunately he didn't do anything we like let two goals in. i don't know like what the first 10 minutes the tactics was really spot on after that chelsea figured it out what we were like really trying to do they just sat back which was passed. nothing they moved the ball to the right and just they switched it the wing switched to the other wing and like all hell broke loose every single time they switched the ball tierney was nowhere to be seen as well as saka that's it we are open literally open so so i i, I felt that uh, james was probably you know in a training session all by yeah. himself there was no one absolutely near him anywhere near the vicinity no just that's like that's just that. one switch he was open that's it that's no, it but, but but that is the part that i'm i'm like failing to grasp there right like for example like as any player that is something that we would we would be able to uh, we would be able to uh, figure that out and and kind of like block that side it doesn't have to be just the manager has to say see what he is doing do it right these are professional players who should be able to react to that situation is it like so my question is like is is it Uh, are our players not able to see it and react to it or no, so i think i think that's that's my earlier point as well uh, which i if you look at so there is there is clearly a loss of translation in terms of what the manager wants a player to do and what he is trying to do um he, you know i think they feel i feel that he is not being clearly given instructed enough any for example is not being instructed enough to to do although you could say that you know his footballing brain would mean that he would he can react by himself but i think it it is sort of contrasting to what probably i'm thinking from the outside that it's sort of it sort of you know locks on with what arteta wants him to do um during the game and they both probably hasn't matched as far as what we see Yes, uh, saying like players has to do themselves, do everything by themselves. Then why, why we need a manager? No, not not everything by themselves, but in game, right? Like Arun. So this this question I have, right? Like because uh, Arteta could make a brilliant plan on paper, right? He could make a brilliant plan on paper, and he could say that to the players. But at the end of the day, whatever happens on the pitch decides which plan we should take. 
right? And that needs to be that needs to be shared by the players too. The the blame needs to be shared by the players too, especially in situations like especially when the goals being scored are such simple goals. Like these are like training ground uh, planned goals from Chelsea. Like these are not like some kind of a freaky goal or something that we cannot stop or something that is very intricate passing. Nothing. This was like ma- making Lukaku the bigger bigger body in the center. to hold the ball and then ping it to the the left or their right whatever right so my question is two ways first of all are the players not re- are, are are not capable of uh, adapting to it or second part is are the players afraid of adapting to to the changes on the pitch right are they still like oh my god if i do this then i'm not following what the manager said and if i'm not following what the manager said i might be dropped or i might get into trouble is that what they are thinking uh, i would like to say it in a way that players are not able to really get the instructions the manager is giving them uh, you know like uh, we like we said right at the beginning we want we all of us wanted to say, play a back three but then we started with a back four and I, I, i think at that point like we made it easy for chelsea you know like there was always attacks coming in um with that and and what we saw on the pitch for me uh, like i think it's it's a situation it's a situation of the manager's instructions not really translating properly to the players and them not being able to comprehend it as well as he would have liked them to do uh, it's it's like watching a movie which was a brilliant idea in the director's head but when it was on screen it became a flop and that's exactly what's happening uh whatever ideas adata might have in his head it might be like you know pep light or whatever it could be but if the players are really not able to understand it then there's something wrong in the way in which he's trying to inform inform them about what to do coming to the thing about a reactionary being reactionary on the pitch being reactionary on the pitch is 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 not something that the players would do unless the manager tells them to do it. they won't do it it's 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 not they're not supposed to do it number one primarily because it's it's a set plan given by the manager with a certain number of plays that he would expect the team to do with the same way that they're playing in a hope that it's going to yield results uh, whatever the plan was for the chelsea game i don't know i don't know why why it involved saka being so high up the pitch and leaving so many gaps but that was probably a part of the plan which failed spectacularly you know so again this makes me think that it's a brilliant plan in arteta's head but when it really comes out on the pitch it's not it's not being understood by the players properly even after the changes like if you say that he did speak to saka or he was telling saka to do something did we see any effect of it on the pitch no usually teams have a captain a very strong captain who acts as an intermediary between the players and the manager so the captain is always involved in the tactics he knows that this is what the manager's idea is and he wants to implement it uh, but unfortunately we do not have proper captains i know we can say jaka for all this thing but have we ever seen him like going on and like saying anything on the pitch that could possibly make the team move forward in any way no so that's where i feel like it's 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 if the seniors are confused then we cannot blame the the younger players at all like if if play people who have been playing football for like a major part of the career are not able to understand what the manager is saying not able to translate that into the pitch you cannot expect the anger players to do anything he's going to be a, a saka or a nesar is always going to do at this point in uh, time in his career he's always going to do what the manager asks him to do you cannot blame them for that I, i for me it's it's like a huge plan failure huge tactical planning failure uh, and the thing is like uh, at the emery situation was very similar to this 
he lost the dressing room and the senior players refused and it's going towards that again you know mm-hmm. so it's not the younger players it's the senior players so that is where i feel like it's a planned film mm. that is interesting but but again uh, deepak uh, about the goals we you actually touched upon mari a little bit but did you see his stats after the game uh, actually his stats after the game was not bad it uh, it went like he went on like he did two interceptions he won uh, 50% of his aerial duels with lukaku uh, but i test we know that mari has been bad and the other side of it is like we don't have any other player to play there yeah mari he ah uh, mari wasn't that bad i would say like he did whatever he could like against lukaku any lukaku is like now the premium forward in international football on almost on par with kane he would like bully any defender right now in the premier league even van dijk he would so blaming just this defeat entirely on mari is like just plain stupidity my problem was entirely with kt he was nowhere to be seen defensively the the combination of mari and kt is like proving to be suicidal right now kt is like is almost in the attacking pitch and mari doesn't have pace you cannot expect mari to cover the entire pitch against lukaku or like cover him so you need to provide a little bit cover for him which is shaka he doesn't have any pace or he doesn't have the strength to hold lukaku so basically it is down to the tactics and the personnel which we are just able to play if it was gabriel probably we might have done better but still it is not a guarantee whether we would do ever ever reactions coming at that point in time you know i think over the weekend um in comparisons to how mari performed during the game and then how um similarly on a higher note um that um um saliba has been commanding the defense in marseille so uh, and then there were talks about us letting us the wrong person out which seems to be the case you know if you look, if you look at at least the small comparisons it's been happening uh, okay. I... well like do you really believe that uh, you know like i i know i've gotten a lot of flack for this <laughs> but uh, but do you really believe that like saliba being there would have made any difference no so yeah. see, that's yeah. the thing like i don't not understand that as as uh, as deepak was saying right it's about like uh, i mean lukaku i believe that he is the he is the premium forward right now like especially with lewandowski mm-hmm. becoming like older every year and you know uh, ronaldo getting into the uh, last years of it so i think right now of all the forwards in the world football lukaku is a premium and also this chelsea team right now if manchester city is not going to sign kane this chelsea team team is winning the pl or, or they are the strongest contender than uh, city or liverpool no right? I, i i tend to be different here i think it's just a mentality that we showed which made chelsea more dominant than what they are i mean i i don't undermine the fact that they are actually a very good team and they'll go on to do good things this season but but that's still not an excuse for us to not turn up during a game uh, no no i'm 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 not saying i'm not saying it about like whether we turned up or this game but i'm no, saying so like it was more looking like it we considered the game even before it kicked off you know sort of a thing 
Chelsea were good, but we could have still, with the team that we, we put up there uh, on Sunday, we could have still done a better job, is what I felt. We could have still shut out Lukaku had we been more disciplined and had we been more targeted in terms of a way that we are going to face him. And since there wasn't any game plan, you know, the players didn't know what to do. That's it. But but to continue on the game, right, uh, Arun, there was an incident where we could have scored. Uh, I mean, apart from that holding header, which which was actually a good chance, uh, but 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 it happens. It happens, right? Sometimes we miss the headers, that's, so that's fine. But there was an incident when Saka went on a run and he was brought down in the you know in the box. It looked like a really good penalty, and even VAR went in and saw it and just turned it around. Especially. Since last season, we ha- last season we were very very unlucky with how our penalties were awarded. Right, there was one game when uh, David Lewis knee kind of uh, crossed. Yeah, 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 and we we were given a penalty. I mean, I'm not saying that would have changed how the game went on. Uh, they were still on gear two. They could have moved to another gear and scored one more goal. There was nothing like that. But at least we would have broken the duck. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you want to say it that way, yeah, a penalty could have possibly given a goal and broken that up. But really, I think by now we are used to the fact that we are not just playing against 11 people. You know, like you, <laughs> there is this VAR thing that has not been working properly for us and for other teams as well, for that matter, right? So, it's, it's, it's something that I think like we should be able to accept and move on. It's not something that I think... We as fans tend to look too much into, and, and and when it doesn't work for us, we tend to get feel like you know victimized, which is very normal, and that that comes out as uh, stronger emotions, especially when the team is not playing well or we're not scoring goals. Like you know, like you said, leave the penalty out. There could have been so many things that happened in the game for them to be able to score, to break that duck, score that goal, uh, but we didn't do it. We'll leave the holding header out. Apart from these two, can you think of any chance that we created that could have gotten us a goal? Uh, that's the thing. So, so like you know, it's it's there could have been so many ifs and buts, but I I really don't think like this is something that we should not be looking too much into. Yes, VAR is not proper, but we are not the only ones who are being, I wouldn't say affected by VAR, but like. We're not the only ones who are being like exposed to that, right? It's the it's the same common thing for everybody in the PL. Uh, and, and cumulatively, like we all say, from from Wenger and Fergie's times, cumulatively it all adds up. You know, it evens out at the end. So, yeah, I I wouldn't put too much thing to the bar, but I would have definitely expected the team to do much more and and always sort of consider bar and their own players as part of the opposition. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, apart from that, Bob, right? Like apart from the war incident, there. What are the positive things that were happening in the game for you? Like I remember that uh, Lokonga guy, Zambi Lokonga. He has been looking good in both the games. I, I'm pretty sure he's he's gonna be. Uh, he, he looks from an eye test, right? It's not like it's not like he is. Uh, he's not giving us the. We are not looking through the uh, Arsenal eyes. Even my friends who are Chelsea fans said like, oh, he looked good. Right, so that that part of it was good, and when Aubameyang came on, I thought he looked hungry. So, is there any other positives that you saw out of the game? Yeah, and and I felt probably after the first game, Leno has has been a bit more sharper. You couldn't you couldn't really blame him for the goals, you know, that he conceded. It's the same result, but I felt that he showed a different mentality this game. 
which um, one thing that I noticed, um, Saka was. I mean, if I were to just judge based on um, Chelsea game, you know, Saka sort of regressed. Maybe that could be due to the fact that he had such a, a defensive, um, you know. Um, defensive wall behind him during the England games and then for Arsenal it's going to be always different, right? So he, there's more expectations for him to do so. He has to reset his mindset to come back into Arsenal mode and then you know start being more in the back and then as well as in the front. Um, apart from that, um, yeah, again um, Martinelli regressed as we all spoke about but he had uh, I can't really single out anyone to say they've been doing better than what they were. I felt mm. after the first game, Kenny as well uh, was, you know, I mean, he as well regressed, um, which uh, which we all, you know, touched upon. So, um, yeah, I don't really have anything more to say in terms of the players, um, you know. Who but, 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 but now that we have a EFL game coming up, right? I will hold you there. EFL game is coming up. So, this is, this is a must win for now. Like, not just for the team, for Arteta, right? This is a... I mean, it's against championship club. They are not going to take this seriously from what I can see because they have they they have to target their championship. They are going to go for the promotion. So they might play a second string. And our second string is kind of our first string right now. So, <laughs> so what are your like thoughts on this coming EFL game? I mean, we are recording they are just before the talk. They are literally two positions below us. That's it. They are 19, they are second. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good one. Guys. <laughs> so um, Bob, Bob, go ahead. Yeah, I think we could. And, and I think I match. think it's uh, so, sorry, sorry, Bob. Like I think it's also because we need to score a goal to avoid the shame of featuring something from the training sessions. As the goal of the month. So that's another a lot of expectations. I don't think we've ever went into an EFL game with so many expectations. So yeah, go ahead, Bob. <laughs> I was, I was, so I was, was going to say um, there will be a few people, a um, few names um, would be giving the nod. Um, I, I feel Nelson would be coming in at some point and so would be Odegaard. Um, and I feel... Um, Ramsdale could make his debut there. Um, so there are actually um, a few debuts to actually look out for. I mean, technically, Odegaard has had a debut in the national shirt. So it's, I don't know whether it would be second homecoming or not. But I feel um, the, it would be sort of a strong lineup against um, um, against uh, West Bromwich because, you know, partly to the fact that's, that's what the guys touched upon. Our second string is the first string, so so um, we don't really have much options on the bench as such, you know. Um, apart from who do we have on in the field? Yeah, um, any might start. Yeah, yeah. any might start. And if <laughs> um, yeah, more to other club um, is progressing, then he probably would as well get dropped off. But yeah, um, we could expect to see a very strong lineup. I don't know how the results would go because none of us could even <laughs> go on to the prediction mode yet. <laughs> um, even Arteta, the players wouldn't know what they are going to play or how they are going to play. Arteta probably would know, but yeah, I don't think that would that would be really getting onto the pitch. But yeah, um, yeah, I expect to see a strong lineup. So, so uh, Deepak, you mentioned that they are just uh, two positions or three positions below us. 
but this position, whatever we are in, right? It is very early. It is very yeah. early in the season, and uh, it's not like it's not like we have been in a decline and then like suddenly this season we are still in decline. We had a very strong finish to the last season, although that is after we are out of all the stress and everything. But still, we went there and put those points on table. right if we uh, and then uh, and then we had a very disappointing preseason uh, uh, how much do you take out of preseason is something and then these two games we have been disappointed we haven't But, won a game if you see like for some long time for months yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but then again right but then again were we really expecting to win against chelsea or city no so the only loss that actually mattered was against brentford which we should have won but we lost so it's like if you consider a season if we cons- if if i ask you right now in this season what are the games that you would lose right chelsea would be one city would be one uh, united probably liverpool probably do right? the reverse vijay talk about the games no but but then again right so 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 it's not like all doom and gloom but it feels like for arteta it is it is kind of a litmus test right now so if i ask you the question what is what is the tipping point for us arteta in arsenal would you say if he lost this game and if he lost against city that's that's it Or... if he loses against west brom i think it would be like tough for him to justify what he's doing true, 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 true. i think he has to win the west brom win the, yeah yeah he if he loses that one i think uh, he a probably might get fired there will be like too much of fan pressure in the social media and stuff he better win that game that would be like really bad so city game is obvious right off no one expects us to win city game but the thing is uh, after that what who we face i think we face uh, norwich burnley yeah. then we have the north london north derby. derby yeah these are like winnable games north london derby is the one which we play at home he should definitely win it so i feel there there shouldn't be any tipping point for him every game should be like like i i feel like every game after the city game should be like uh, if he loses he should be like scrutinized because these are the games which you should win like norwich burnley brighton and what villa yeah even aston villa we lost previous season but still you are expected to turn up against villa mm-hmm. the only game i see Until Liverpool is Leicester City away, which mm. is a tough game. The rest of the games he should be winning, and uh, we should Vel- be having nothing. Vel- Villa is a bit of another tough game at home. That is also still home. a home game, but home game, yeah, yeah. But our home form is like shit. But still, he should on paper these are the games which he should win. We are saying like Arteta. uh arteta's team turns up against big six teams which is not happening in this season so at least he should turn up against the team which we are expected to win so it should not be like we are giving time until this game it should be every single game after city game he should win let's say like we win against norwich it shouldn't be like he gets time till leicester what if he goes and we lose against burnley we take one step forward and like take two steps backward it doesn't make sense at all so it should be like every single game we have to turn up and win these points take points mm-hmm. if you ask for a specific tipping point probably till watford game which is we have an international break i believe uh, till liverpool yeah 
So if we should have at least 15 points, five wins, it is not too much of an ask. We can win against Norwich, Burnley, Tottenham, uh, let's leave Northland at Brighton, Crystal Palace, and Villa and Watford. Actually, he should get 18 points, if I say. That's a, that's a very good way of looking at it. I mean, that's a very practical way of looking at it. But Arun, do you see this happening? Like, is, is there going to be a scrutiny? I mean, there is one thing as expectation and there is one thing as reality. Especially in a season where we have, where, where the owners have backed him so heavily, like given him 120,000 kitty till now on the players. And this, these are not proven players. These are like young players that he has brought in. So, uh, so do you see actually this, although it makes sense, whatever Deepak said, makes sense that every game has to be scrutinized. Do you see that happening in, in, in person? Ideally, ideally it should. And I think there would be scrutiny because uh, the board has invested. You know, like they've given him the kind of profile of players that he wanted. Uh, ben White was a signing that was made, a statistical signing made like to find the right kind of fit player for this system that we are playing under Arteta. So that's basically a signing that Arteta wanted. Uh, and given that we are like trying to get rid of all these deadwood and these deadwood being people signed by the uh, previous managers who don't who don't seem to fit in Arteta's plans at all, we are doing sort of it's it's uh, the first step of an overall, if you could call it. You know, so uh, we can keep saying that yeah, there's still a right back that we need, there's still a defensive midfielder we need. Jaka is not up to the mark and all that. But if you're not able to give the confidence to the board that yeah, in spite of investing 120 million, like you said. Uh, you are not able to like give any confidence in terms of the results or like things that happen on the pitch. Then why should the board continue to like you know support you for another window, knowing that that is probably again going to like have we're going, probably going to have another write-off season, mm-hmm. which which could could become the case. You know, like we one twenty if one twenty million doesn't work now, not now, they're not going to pump in another one twenty million in the winter, right? So ideally there should be scrutiny. The board. It's it's someone needs to be held accountable, and and right now, and I think the best person to be held accountable in any club is the manager first. Uh, he's the one who gets sad. He's the one who gets the plaudits. So when when we really see, I I totally agree with uh, Deepak. For me, in my head as well, Watford is like you know the point where where the club should like really say you have not got the fifteen to eighteen points that you're expected to get during this period. If you're not really showing it, what is progress according to your wish? You know, like there should be some definition of the progress that we keep making or the pro- the project and the plan. There should ideally there should be some short-term goals. Short-term goal is we have to be here at a, at, at at this point in time. You know, if that is not really defined, if that is not like really showing, instead, if we get blanket statements like this project is going to take time, any project takes time, but we 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 want to be there to see the fruition, right? So, um. Yeah, Watford for me, there should be scrutiny. Uh, he should be held accountable. If things don't improve by Watford, yeah. Uh, if we not get 15, 18 points by Watford, there's no point. If, if he started, he can, he's not going to be able to change anything after. Hmm. So, Bob, uh, let me finish this Art Data conversation with you, right? Because uh, it seems like he also met with Josh Kroenke recently. Uh, there seemed to be a meeting. The game, uh, during the yeah, and even after that, I think uh, there were news about like, that Arteta having a meeting with Josh in his London uh, hotel or something, and then coming out of it. So, uh, so there are two sides of it, right? Like I think the Kronkies want Arsenal to get back because 
they know that super league is coming up at some time not not right now but some kind of a super league kind of thing might come up that's why i think they are pumping in this money to get arsenal up there or else we are missing out right now or if if right now there is going to be a super league uh, that's going to be forming arsenal is going to miss out right oh, right, right now we'll be there in the championship uh, super league <laughs> no but, but always there but, <laughs> but, but but seriously right that has to be one of the driving factors for the uh, whatever we talk about it stan and josh they are kse themselves want more money out of arsenal they want this to be a successful business and for it to be a successful business it has to be successful on the pitch right and we have been unsuccessful up for a long time now if we consider like 5 uh, no what was that 65688 that's what our last uh, positions have been so we have not been successful in a long time so what is going to be the criteria is this going to happen like will we be ready to sack arteta if things don't turn up yeah so i think they have been i've been seeing a lot of people mention um, about antonio conte on twitter um and i was just wondering what are these people really thinking about conte you know conte is a very good manager and and no disregards to him you know he's been doing very good but he is very authoritative as what people have spoken in length about wherever he has managed in the past and probably the reason as to why he got booted out of chelsea as well even after winning the league so the, the thing is for his methods to work he would want specific set of personnel and Um, I mean, what specific set of people to work? If not, you know, he would be really walking out of the team, and that's probably the reason as to why uh, Tottenham weren't able to convince him because he was not convinced with the money on played or what he can actually spend on, or the type of uh, you know command that he would be getting at um, at the players. Um, and if what all Arteta need, what I mean, uh, gets to boot. and people say you know conte would be available to say um, i don't think that that's actually um, putting out into a possibility because i mean at least from what we know at this point because the board has already spent about 129 million on players at this point they wouldn't really want to invest more than a 50 million or so in the next window i'm talking about the next major transfer window considering that the players that we have brought are for the future so which means that um, even if we were to convince um conte to come he would be coming in middle of a season where he would just have to work with the players that were signed maybe maybe that's the players that he would really want to work with i'm not sure but but uh, he walked out of that inter team because they said they were going to actually offload some of these players um we've seen that they've offloaded their star striker and their star right back as such but even with that team um even with those positions being sold he he simply chose to walk away from inter as such you know after winning the league for uh, more than uh, like 10 years gap or more than a 10 years gap so um for them um i don't think conte realizing into a possibility no but but uh, but, but before we talk about conte right my question is like are we going to sack arteta because that is what the question is right like sorry, i got we'll... drifted away isn't it sorry <laughs> i think um yes i what what the guys mentioned was pretty much true we'll we'll look at until the first international break and in september or um, october mid i'm not sure exactly november that is second uh, international break right okay so so possibly that's when we would be getting a good picture in terms of where we are regressing 
but there will be pressure on Arteta <laughs> after every game. Um, I felt, um, I mean, so would be on Edu. Um, there's been already reports circulating that Edu is under immense pressure that he would be possibly getting the boot sooner than Arteta. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, let's uh, wrap the Arteta discussion. We do have uh, more stuff to come about that. Uh, so, let let me pull back a little bit on the transfer side of things. Uh, so, there seems to be some movement in the out positions from Arsenal. Right? I'm hearing news that Lucas Torreira is uh, in Italy. Bob, uh, any idea on that? Yeah, so he's already landed in um, in Florence now. So he's, he's planning to undergo a medical today or tomorrow, I think. Um, and once that goes through, there will be an initial loan of 1.5 million euros with an obligation to buy. I'm not exactly sure. There's been some contracting reports coming out that uh, it's going to be a 15 million um, obligation to buy. Um, or some say that it's a mandatory clause to buy. And then as well as on the buy clause, some say it's 15 million pounds and some say it's uh, 15 million euros, but I'm not sure which one is true. But all in all, he's actually out of the door. He's going to Jaren, um, Fiorentina. Mm-hmm. And uh, regarding the other news was uh, regarding, uh, what's his name? Kolasinac. Kolasinac uh, moving somewhere in Turkey. <sighs> uh, Fenerbahce, yes. Um, yeah. Yes, so I think uh, there's been, um, Ozil has been... Um, prime factor behind those talks as what I've read through. Um, and talks have been progressing. It's it's possibly coming to a stage where we would have to let the player go on free and then he would go on to join. Um, yeah, so that's what is on. And, and, and also, uh, there was there was rumours about... Uh, what about Villian? <laughs> yeah, Villian, so, Villian. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. With yeah, Villian looks more closer. So Corinthians is uh, is looking to sign him. Um, he, his priority was to stay in Europe and then find some other European clubs. But then once uh, Corinthians came in, his dad has been really pursuing him to sign for them. To make the matters more worse for Arsenal, um, they are going to sweeten the deal by uh, subsidizing some of his wages, so which means that we are going to be doing a payout just like what we did for Ozil. Yeah, okay. But then, like, sorry, sorry, Deepak, go ahead. Turned out to be a disaster signing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, That's you could say that one more time. On top. Yeah, you could say that one more time. But again, uh, there's also talks about Baron going out. Uh, that he has he missed out the game because he is somewhere else. Spain, is it? Or is there any news to it? No, there's not been any leaks to that story so far. You know? So there's been all rumors are going around. There's not been any concrete links for Baron to any club at the moment, as far as what we know. Um, but I think that could soon escalate in the closing stages of the window. Yeah, and one more thing was I heard that uh, uh, Crystal Palace uh, wants uh, uh, Eddie and Katia uh, on, on on permanent deal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, um, there, there's been again lots of talks going on around that. Crystal Palace are offering I think 10 million pounds for it, um, which Arsenal are not really okay to accept at this point. They would want a higher higher pay. Um, but as far as what I can see there's been interest in him um, from other clubs like Palace, as you mentioned, um, but it is not rooted into an offer. Um, it could definitely uh, start coming out in the next um, you know, few days because you know he's entering towards the last year of his contract, so it's just a matter of time before we let him out. 
there was a there was there was a meme going on about like uh, instead of asking for money let's do a swap deal for uh vera and uh, vera and no vera and uh, you know Arteta. Arteta, that's all he that's won't do anything he is also an unproven manager yeah i mean vera is also an unproven manager like uh, he win the league in france now no i get it so that that's all the transfer rumors that uh, i think uh, i was having is there any anything else that you guys uh, heard about us uh, nothing on runners and yet um pronarsan is still with the squad so uh, so um, bearing as we touched upon um there um, is one there is one more signing that we could make and that is going to be cristiano ronaldo coming to arsenal to play <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we can say anything about this to finish the podcast in a better way <laughs> the dream of landing cristiano ronaldo after failing to land this arsenal make bold bids <laughs> but uh, but yeah anyways guys uh, it's been a really nice one we have uh, i think uh, at least now we would I, i'm not going to ask you for predictions for the league cup <laughs> game absolutely no way we are not doing predictions for league cup game we are not doing previews for league cup game i want something. i want at least a goal one <laughs> <laughs> goal yes, yes. <laughs> so anyways uh, it's been a nice part guys thank you arun again for joining in from wonderland and thank you deepak thank you bob and uh, guys uh, please share like and subscribe uh, that's all we could say from us uh, today here at uh, the vegunas podcast thank you so much bye thank you bye and that is the end of the pod for more arsenal related content please like subscribe and share to the vegunas podcast see you next week arsenal!